Hello and welcome back to the Beyond the Pitch podcast. Uh, it's been a while, but it is season two. Finally, I've got round to actually actually starting uh, the series. Yeah, we might be a few weeks into the season, uh, but that doesn't really matter. And the F1 is back from its uh, summer break, which I'll be doing a full episode of next week. So you can keep your eyes and ears peeled for that one. Probably on Monday or Tuesday, actually, that episode will come out. But it is Friday. Happy Friday. And I thought season two, what a better way to kick it off than with uh, fan favourites, the man with the stats. It is Matt. Welcome back, my friends. Hello, hello. Nice to be back on my favourite yeah, podcast. This, yeah, the correct answer. This is episode number three for you. Uh, you've got to be asking for a fee soon, mate. Um, but uh, yeah, we've got we've got a lot to cover today. We are... Uh, this should have come out weeks ago, but uh, we're going to look into our predictions for the Premier League 23-24 season. Uh, some of our biggest overachievers and underachievers, top scorers, most assists, standout players, all the usual stuff. Um, but how have you been enjoying the se- season so far? We are, what, three weeks in, uh, I believe now. Man City top the table currently on nine points. Uh, no surprise there, really. And uh, a bottom 20th place is Everton. But uh, yeah, how are you finding in general the first few weeks? I think the first few weeks have been interesting, actually. You've got a few uh, freak results, like Newcastle mm-hmm. smashing Villa. Um, Liverpool winning after being down to 10 men last weekend. Um, yeah, it's been interesting. I mean, it does look like City are just going to run run away with it again. Mm. But the rest of the league is very interesting. I mean, we, us, as in United, have not started the season very well, have we? No, um, no, but, very slow start. But yeah, I'm interested to see how things go. I think this is a big weekend this weekend. Uh, especially mm-hmm. well, United Arsenal, a few other On big Sunday, games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Liverpool see. Villa will be uh, very interesting. That's the two o'clock game on Sunday. Um, we've got uh, Luton at their first home game against West Ham. Mm. That is uh, tomorrow evening. Well, the day you're listening to this episode, that is uh, this evening, eight o'clock. Yeah, big weekend um, as usual. Now, I don't really know. Let, let, let's let's just go into our list of list of things straight away, and we can we can sidetrack as we go along. But uh, let's hit me with the the top. Let's go champions. Um, who do we? Who are you predicting will be top of the table at the end of the season? Well, I think it's impossible to look past City. To be honest, mm-hmm. um, don't really see anyone else challenge. Well, I see Arsenal maybe give it another good challenge, but other than that, may, maybe Liverpool as well. But I just think City are too strong. So they lost mm. Mares. They lost good in the one, they lost Laporte, but they've replaced them well, I think. On paper, it looks like they've replaced them well. Gavardio, Nunes, Kovacic mm. and Jeremy Doku. And I just think there's no way anyone else gets near them. Yeah, they have uh, They've done a pretty good job at replacing uh, players that have moved out, as you said. Nunes is their b- biggest recent signing for around 40 million, I think it was. They managed to come to a deal with Wolves. I think that's a, a great, great signing. Pep is a huge fan of him. Uh, and City have been trying to crack that deal for a while. Now, funnily enough, City, their results were three, have been 3 0, 1 0, and 2 1. Uh, now, City always start the league off pretty slowly. Um, I always find that typically the first couple of months, they're never usually top place. They're within like the top three. Uh, obviously, they are top at the moment, but Sheffield United, I mean, they had a bit of a, a rough game. They just didn't see themselves in the first half. Um, Haaland hasn't been scoring. I remember this time last year, he'd already scored like nine or 10 goals or something absolutely stupid. Um, but do you do you expect sort of him to still be the standout player for City 
or with uh, their new replacements? Uh, is he going to have a... I don't think he'll ever have a challenge for goal scorer, but maybe being the, the standout star within that City squad. Um, well, yeah, I think we'll see. be interested to see how it goes. Harlan goes without De Bruyne because he's out for a good three, four months. And mm. he was the main like source. Uh, every game where it didn't look like City might score, De Bruyne just whips across in back post. Harlan's there. There we go. Yeah. There's one, then there's two, then there's three. And I don't know if City have that creativity or as much of it without Haaland and I think the man has to step up as Foden and then you get mm-hmm. can Foden replicate the Bruins levels maybe maybe not and will City maybe adapt the way they play I mean Pep changes a lot last season they didn't start amazingly and they changed it he switched he was experimenting a lot with like Bernardo Silva at left back trying to find the right system eventually settled on it with John Stones moving into midfield mm-hmm. so what they do this season, how Pep adapts after the first few months will be very interesting to see, I think. So are you seeing Foden stepping up into that creativity role uh, to assist Haaland or what's their new midfield going to sort of look like? Yeah, I'd say if there's one to step up in De Bruyne's absence, it's got to be Phil Foden because mm-hmm. I think he's just got that quality to do it. And then maybe you're looking on Alvarez as well to grab a few more goals. I want to see, I want to see how Doku fits in because... Typically, City play with like um, the inverted wingers who are going to cut inside and mm-hmm. just pass and recycle the ball. So you've got Grealish, who did that a lot. Mares, Bernardo Silva, if he plays out there. And Foden, if he plays out there. Doku's a bit more of a, an explosive winger. He's a bit more of a Leroy Sane um, when City had mm-hmm. Sane back in the day, well, a few years ago, with like explosive pace. He's going to try and beat a man, which is not really what I'd say is a Pep Guardiola type of winger. So I want to see how he fits in as well. Yeah, uh, well, we've got, got to uh, look forward to him playing as well. There's obviously, uh, we are still in the midst of the transfer season. It finishes on Sunday, I believe. Uh, transfer season is over. Uh, there's going to be a lot of movers, I expect, and we'll come on to um, who we think might be the final few in and out of the doors uh, in a little bit. But let's go to the other end of the scale, uh, bottom of the league. I Well, just to say, I've also gone for City as champions. I feel like that's uh, it's probably annoyingly going to be one of those seasons again. Uh, would love to see Liverpool or Arsenal challenging. I don't think United, by the way, by the looks of things, especially from pre-season, and uh, we lost 3-0 to Burnley behind closed doors. I think that happened uh, not that long ago. So United are struggling, so they're not going to be up there. But as I said, let's go other end of the scale. Um, rock bottom, who are we seeing in 20th place? I think... It's a tough one because I think it's uh, Sheffield United or Luton. I think they'll both mm. struggle quite badly this season. I've gone for Sheffield United just just because well, they were struggling with uh, financial fair play. So there was limits on who they could sign and how many players they, how much money they could spend and how many players they could sign. Um, and there's a bit of a championship feel to their squad, I think. I think mm. it's a bit, it's a bit, oh, I don't know. I just don't think it's Premier League quality. Uh, questions over depth questions over how many goals they'll score because they start they've started the season with one of their strikers will osula i think you say it uh played half of last season on loan at league one derby mm. um which is yeah it's just a, a representation on where they're at at the moment but at the same time they've just signed cameron archer from aston villa i think it's a very astute signing i think he'll do really well um so there's a there's a chance they'll do better than i'm predicting um but yeah, and then Luton, again, I'd say championship feel to their squad. They made some good signings, but not 
not unbelievably good signings. They've signed three or four players who were playing in the championship last season. So it's whether their home form, I think it's a question on whether both teams can get enough points at home to stay up. Mm. I think. So I think they'll struggle away. I think uh, Luton's home ground is going to be a bit of a fortress. It could be one of those places where it's just so compact and so championship, like their fans are so used to the, the, the heat of the championship that it could be one of those ones that catches a few clubs out. Uh, now, I my prediction for bottom place was either Luton or I've gone for Everton as my actual decision. I think I think they've had a bit of a stinker transfer season. I love I love Sean Dyche, but I just don't see enough development in that squad that's going to get them uh, anywhere out of definitely the bottom three. I think they'll go down. Um, and in my my prediction, I think I think they will be bottom. I mean, currently they are bottom of the table. Um, they are, I believe, literally on zero points out of a possible nine. Um, they're on a minus six goal difference. I just don't, I don't see Everton having a good season at all. I think they're going to have a bit of a stinker, in my opinion. Um, I know they were looking at Wilfred Nonto, I think, uh, from Leeds. Uh, I don't think that's progressed any further. Uh, Leeds were asking for around 20 million. I don't, I just don't know. I don't, have they bought in anyone that's gone under the um, radar that I've not seen? They brought in Dan Juma on loan from Villarreal, who was at mm. Spurs last season, and he's a okay. good player. They've also spent, they've just spent 30 million on a new striker. Um, mm-hmm. His name's Beto from Udinese. I don't think he, he's that prolific, but I've heard good things about him. I can't say mm-hmm. I've watched him many times, but. I've heard good things about him. So if he can fire some goals in, because they're struggling, obviously, with Calvert-Lewin just repeatedly getting injured. Yeah. Um, so it's whether they can, yeah, get enough goals. I think the defence is solid enough. They've got a good goalie in Pickford. Um, the midfield is, uh, I really like Amadou Onana, who United were linked to, actually. Mm-hmm. I think he's a very good player. Uh, they've got James Garner. So I, I don't, I do, I do fear for them a bit. Um, I don't think they'll come rock bottom, but I do think they could go down definitely. Yeah. Okay, so let's uh, let's go back to the positive side of things. We're going to have a look at our biggest overachievers for the season. Now, I want your opinion on both team and player. Uh, so let's start with team. Which team do you expect to just just shine? Maybe not get you know trophies or anything like that, but just be a bit a big big achiever this season. I've got two, and I think one of them is very relative compared to recent years, and that's Spurs, where I think that they'll do a lot better than they have been doing. Um, and, they, yeah, they've started very well. I mean, I said this before the season started. I just thought, I like Ange Postacoglio. I think he did brilliant. It's Celtic. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, he won the treble. Um, I think his football is really good to watch. Uh, he's a very good, very good manager. And they've got a promising young, young-ish team as well. And maybe if they sign another striker, because I don't think Richardson will get the goals they need. If they sign a striker... Mm-hmm. They could do pretty well this season. Maybe if that's winning an FA Cup or something. Um, that well, obviously Spurs haven't won a trophy since two thousand and eight, I believe. So if that's win, if it's winning a trophy or pushing for Europe, then I think it'll be a strong season for Spurs. Um, I think just oh, be- yeah, before you hop into your second one, my problem with Spurs is, as you say, I don't think they've got the striker that they need. Um, uh, do agree their new manager. I'm a big fan of him. He seems great. Uh, they are currently on uh, 
seven points out of a possible nine. Uh, two wins and a draw. Drew with Brentford 2-2. Beat us, beat Man United uh, 2-0 and beat Bournemouth away from home. Uh, but did lose to Fulham in the EF- EFL Cup. Do you think an early knockout in in a cup that maybe they could have seen themselves going further in will, will damage their uh, sort of ambitions and, and goals for this season or will, will that boost uh, boost them going forward that they've got more time to focus on the Premier League? Yeah, I think it's a shame that they've been knocked out so early. I think they'll be disappointed at that because Carabao Cup is a good opportunity to win a trophy. Like, mm. especially for a team like Spurs who have they've gone trophyless for, what, 15 years? Yeah. That's a long time. And it's, it's that's a big opportunity for them to get some silverware. So I think, yeah, they'll be disappointed with that. Um, yeah. FA Cup maybe is an alternative, but that's harder to win, I guess, notoriously. Yeah. A tougher competition to win. So, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and then, yeah, so you've got a second team that you uh, think might be some uh, overachievers this year. Yeah, I've gone with Bournemouth. Um, oh, interesting. Because, well, I think everyone wrote them off last season. So they overachieved last season. But I think they mm-hmm. could do even better things this season. I Generally, I, I've tipped them to come 13th, I think. I think okay. they could do really big things. So their new manager, uh, Andoni Areola, um, did very well in Spain. Um, so he got Rayo Vallecano promoted. And then they finished 12th and 11th in La Liga uh, mm-hmm. on the cusp of Europe both seasons. Reached the first uh, cup final, uh, cup semi-final, sorry, in 40 years. Beat Real Madrid. He was unbeaten against uh, Xavi's Barcelona over both seasons, so four games. Mm-hmm. I think they've signed some really talented young players. So my favourite signing, Alex Scott from Bristol City in the Championship for about 25 million. He was yeah. way too good for the Championship. He's only about 21, I think. Central midfielder, very talented. Then a few other good signings like Tyler Adams from Leeds, Max Ahrens from Norwich. I, I, I think they could do really well this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had a bit of a sticky end to the uh, last season. They lost uh, four in their five final games uh, and that put them in 15th. But they could have snuck up a bit high. I mean, they could have made their way all the way up to about nearly 10th had they had a better run. So they could have been like a phenomenal finish that uh, for a squad that you said was sort of written off last year. Uh, didn't get enough appreciation. But I, I agree. Uh, my full list uh, ranking, I put them 14th. So I put them one ahead of where they finished last year. Uh, just because I, I feel like with people like Villa and Fulham and Brentford again are going to finish quite high up the table. So I just had to knock them down a couple places where maybe they could have finished last year, but uh, agree that they could they could stand out very well. Um, I've gone for Villa. Um, mm. I expect Villa to finish actually in fourth or fifth. Um, I think... Just looking at their squad, I don't know. I've got to be completely honest. I'm not sure who entirely they bought in, um, but they've got a fantastic manager. Uh, of course, we've seen him at Arsenal, so it's seen him at Villarreal. He did the number of United uh, one or two seasons ago. Uh, I just, I do expect them to finish really strong. Uh, they always look exciting. They love having absolutely no possession uh, and still getting a, a massive result. I mean, they're, one of their most recent results, uh, who was it against? Trying to look here. Burnley. I know they had uh, barely any possession against Burnley. Um, they smashed, uh, what was their result? So Burnley, they won 3-1. Um, they smashed Everton 4-0. And their first game of the season... 
they did get smashed, of course, by Newcastle, which I was a bit surprised as well. Actually, I thought that was going to be a bit of a stalemate. Um, but yeah, I've gone for Villa. I think Villa are going to do a fantastic job this season. Don't see them winning a trophy. Don't see them going further enough in FA Cup or Carabao or anything like that. But do expect them to get fourth or fifth. That's my prediction for them this season. Uh, in, uh, well, before we go on to uh, individual player, is that an absurd thinking of mine? Or do you expect to see good things from Villa as well? No, I, I would agree with that. I think Villa can do well. The question marks over whether they will go that far just because the strength of the top half of the table is is very good. Like, I mm-hmm. see all of the teams. up. I, I find it hard to see any of the top teams actually struggling this season. Um, yeah, like your traditional the, top six. Yeah, and then yeah, and then Newcastle on top of that. And then mm. Brighton, and then you're wondering where does everyone fit in? Like yeah. how close can it be? So, There's not enough top six spots for exactly. all the teams that I think could be top six this year. Yeah, yeah. I think we've um, probably got one of our strongest top halves of the Premier League in a very, very long time. Uh, and I'm, I'm excited to see how it folds out towards Christmas. Um, but yeah, let's go into our standout player. Who do you think Who do you think is going to... Uh, sorry, not standout player, like our overachieving player, individual player. Uh, I've gone with... I have a list, but my mm-hmm. my favourite one uh, in my list is uh, Nicholas Jackson, Chelsea's new striker. Okay, I think he could do big things this season. I think what I've seen of him so far, I think he's been unlucky not to score more. He got his first goal against Luton um, last weekend, mm-hmm. last Friday night, um, and I think he's he's got it all. And he's still quite young, can do everything. He can run in behind. He can hold the ball up. He's a good finisher, good athlete. I think he can he can get fifteen. 15, 20 goals in the league this season. I think he's that good. Yeah. Okay. I'd say I've not seen him play enough. Uh, I don't really know uh, much about him, uh, but I, I will take your word for it. Now, my uh, overachieving player is uh, from the same squad. I've gone for Sterling. A uh, mm. bit of a veteran veteran of the Premier League these days. Um, I, I don't see Ch- uh, Chelsea doing particularly well. I just have a feeling that Sterling is going to be their goal scorer this season. I expect him to easily surpass 20 goals. Um, not quite enough in the rounds of a golden boot contender. Uh, we'll get onto that later on with sort of our top scorers and standout players. But um, I just uh, expect Sterling to do really well and impress. I mean, he scored a fantastic goal against, Was it must have been Luton. Uh, was that his individual wonder goal? Uh, his footwork's phenomenal. And he, look, he looks... Only going off a few games here, but he looks a bit revamped finally. He had a tough season last year. Uh, and maybe he's starting to find his groove in that Chelsea, Chelsea squad that has certainly been uh, boosted with all of their signings. So I'd like to see Sterling do well. I've always always been a bit of a fan of him. I've hated how he gets selected for England so much over people like Rashford. But um, but in the Premier League, I think I just uh, expect him expect him to shine. Um, any concerns with that with that choice there? No, the only thing I'd say about Chelsea is the amount of forward players they've got and how they're all going to fit in. Mm. Um, Pochettino so far started with uh, a three at the back with then two wing-backs. And then you've got three attacking players uh, pretty much in that team. And then he's tended to use... I don't know if it's because of injuries because Chelsea have a lot of players out injured, but he's tended to use sort of um, like a Conor Gallagher, a Carney Chukwakawa uh, mm-hmm. or an Enzo Fernandez like as a, one of those attacking players. And then it's only really been uh, Sterling and Jackson as a front two. So it's whether mm. they get, whether there's either rotation. So you've got Madrid, Madweke, they're signing Cole Palmer from uh, Man City. 
mm-hmm. um, whether there's enough game time for Sterling to get these goals and also whether there's enough creativity in the squad. But I think there is. I I, I do see Raheem Sterling having a good season as well. I can agree with that. Okay, so that's good to know. A bit of a bit of an ego boost when uh, the man with the stats uh, somewhat agrees with my decision. Uh, again, we'll drop down to the other end of the scale. Biggest underachievers, both team and player. I'm going to kickstart this one. Um, I've got two two teams here. The first, we'll start with Spurs. Um, I just think they're going to be, yes, they look so much uh, better. I think that I love their new manager. They just don't have that goal score. I mean, we've already mentioned this. I just don't expect them to achieve anything. Uh, like uh, around seventh or eighth, maybe. Um, they should be looking at top four. They are a side that can could be a top four side. I just don't don't really expect them to to do anything outstanding. Um, but biggest underachievers of the season, and it pains me to say it, I have gone for Man United. Um, I have a feeling we'll get like fourth or fifth. I think we'll drop out of FA Cup early. I don't expect us to win the Carabao again. We're not going to go far in champs. Uh, I just see at the moment, going off what I've seen so far, and we've picked up so many injuries. Varane's out to the end of September. Luke Shaw's out for months. Um, Our whole transfer season has been a complete shambles. We've still got Maguire fighting for his space. He's never going to get it. We're trying to get a new left back. Uh, I just... It seems a bit too wishy-washy to be able to put my finger on any success that we'll have this season. Uh, so my biggest underachievers are going to be Man United. I think I, I don't want it to happen, but I think we'll go home this season trophyless. Wow. Yeah. No, I'm, yeah. I, I don't. I don't hate that opinion. I really don't because what we've seen so far hasn't been great. Mm. The only thing I would say is. Yeah, give Rasmus Holding some time if we if we yeah. need because we need goals basically. Um, mm-hmm. We haven't had enough from our wingers like Anthony Sancho. Haven't yeah, had enough goal contributions from them. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried though because Luke Shaw is a big part of our team and a big part of our attack and everything. So mm-hmm. I think that could be a problem. And then Rafa Varane getting injured as well. Like, yeah, I mean the thing is the only the the thing that doesn't bother me as much with Varane is we know how. Um, how he does get injured quite often. Yeah, and he's very injury we, prone. And we had it at the end of last season where we had Martinez and Baran out at the same time. And actually, we were doing, we did well. We actually finished the season quite strongly in the end with Lindelof and Maguire playing. Mm. I thought Victor Lindelof stepped up brilliantly at the end of last season. Um, so he's obviously not quite on the calibre of Rafael Varane, but I think he will do well. My concern is, yeah, a left back bringing in Kukurea maybe. I think we need another midfield especially with Mainu and Mount now both out injured mm-hmm. uh so Sofi and Amrabat would be a very good signing for me I yeah I really like the look of him it was brilliant at the World Cup so yeah so we we've been looking at Amrabat as you say but we then went and insulted uh Fiorentina by going well we'll give you what two mil for a season loan which I yeah. think is a bit of a joke um where's our money are we meant to be one of the richest clubs in the world where's the splashing of this cash I know we have horrific owners and that's still going on behind the scenes I think that probably affects um, sort of the squad's momentum as a whole, whether we're going to see through this sale of the club. It's been going on for months and months. Um, but we, as we say, as we say, we have a good midfield, but it needs reinforcing now. Now this is where the depth comes in. And now that we've got the injuries, Amrabat would be perfect. Of course, we're looking at Cucurella as a season loan uh, option to replace Luke Shaw's big injury. Um, 
And but before you go into sort of your teams and players, I want to I want to say my player underachieving player as well because I'm going for Rashford. How many times can we excuse Rashford for missing absolute sitters and not putting in the effort? I absolutely love him. And I think he can be a baller, but I've been saying he can be a baller for so many seasons. Um, he, he can't play number 10. He cannot do it. Um, I'd love to see how Hoyland fits in. Of course, once Hoyland comes along, that might help Rashford, but I don't know whether Hoyland's going to settle in very well, very quickly. You know, coming to the Premier League, we saw with Nunes, takes a while. Um, I think underachiever again comes hand in hand with Man United, I think, not getting any trophies. I expect, yeah, Rashford, I don't think him to shine. I think he'll probably scrape 20 goals maybe this season. But it pains me to say it because I love him. But underachiever, Marcus Rashford. I'm no. getting shakes of the head here. No, no chance. No chance, no chance, no chance. Yes, he's not a number nine. But, but he's never he never has been. Um, I think we saw on Saturday against Forest, he got two assists. Well, not two, we... He won a penalty and got an assist for Christian Eriksen's mm-hmm. goal. Playing in his channel on the left-hand side, running in behind, taking on full-backs. Two assists, pretty much. I think he, would do, I think he, would, he could be as good as he was last season for us. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, did, I'm, I, I'd love to be proven wrong. I just... That's harsh. There's that's something, so harsh. About, something about him when I watch him, I think you could be doing more. There's so many goals and opportunities you could be creating. Um, and he's still a little bit selfish, I feel. Uh, yes, he got his, you know, nearing two assists at the weekend, but I still feel he's a bit too selfish. And, and if Holland does settle in, he's going to need that power of Rashford um, to to create chances. Uh, I just, I don't know. I think it depends on Holland. It depends on how Holland plays. If Holland can pick up the ball well from Rashford and, and bring back that confidence and they can work well together as a pairing, then great. Rashford could excel. But right now, without seeing Holland play, I don't know. Unsure. Uh, but let's let's go to your side of things. Uh, biggest underachievers for team and player. Uh, so for team, I've gone with Newcastle. Um, mm-hmm. And it's solely based off the... I think they'll have problems with squad depth with playing in the Champions League for the first time in a very, very long time. Uh, I don't think they'll have a bad season. I just don't think they'll be getting top four. So if mm-hmm. that's underachieving for a team that spent quite a bit uh, who's pushing to maybe challenge towards a league title in the next five, ten years. Mm-hmm. I think they'll drop off to a, around sixth or seventh. I don't think they'll be as strong as they were um, last season. So mm-hmm. I would say it's, it's not a big underachievement, but I think someone in that top, uh, top eight, I'd say, has to underachieve. And I think it'll probably be there. Okay, interesting. And then does uh, your underachieving player tie into that or not? No, my underachieving player... Um, is Kai Havertz because okay, I have not been convinced by him once since he came mm. to the Premier League. I thought I watched him in the Bundesliga for Bayer Leverkusen in that season, that breakout season. And I thought this this lad is good. he's going to be good. He's going to be mm. a brilliant player playing in behind the striker. Um, but I just think I don't know if teams don't play like the way that he needs, like with that position that he plays, like that specialist position. So I don't think he's. He's not a number nine, and then Arteta's tried to utilize him as a, a as an eight, as an attacking number eight, in the same way he has Erdegaard, and that mm. hasn't worked yet either. And I just don't see it. I don't see it happening. I don't know what he's unbelievably good at. I just yeah. Don't, I don't. I don't see it. I don't see it working personally. 
Okay, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I think he's Kai Havertz. A lot of Arsenal fans and and Adam will be back on the podcast at some point, I'm sure. But uh, listeners will know he's a huge Arsenal fan. But he was very excited about the Havertz signing, and it was sort of maybe he can have his redemption under Arsenal. But we're yet to see that redemption come into full force. He's not been the replacement of Jesus. Um, I just don't know whether he's got the. Yes, he's been in the Premier League for a couple of years now, but I don't know if he's got that experience enough to be able to control that front line um, and be that middleman uh, between Saka and, well, Nketiah was playing off the left quite well at the end of their game uh, the weekend. But I just don't know. I don't know. I completely agree. I think I think he might he might struggle. Um, anything else to add on your underachievers or are you ready to move forward? Uh, the only other one I wrote down was... An interesting one, but I went I went with Cody Gakpo. Um, okay. Just because I don't really see how he fits into this Liverpool team now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with their new system, with Trent inverting to play in the two with Endo or if they sign another midfielder, and then you've got the two slightly more attacking eights with McAllister and Schwozlai, and then you've got Salah and Diaz, I think are pretty much nailed on to start on the wings. So I love Luis Diaz. I think he's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... I feel like for me, you've got to play Nunes because mm. of just what he offers. He's so much different. And then you're thinking, where does Gakpo fit into this team? And I'm not so sure. I think he's a good player. I just don't think he will... Ha- I, he was good last season, but I don't think he'll play as much this season. And then it's whether he can deliver the levels that Liverpool need. Yeah. Okay. I, I Yeah, I think that completely agrees. He's sort of gone under the radar, I think, in all football conversations. Um, I remember when he signed, he was he he was the name on everyone's everyone's lips. But uh, yeah, I know obviously we're only three weeks in, but he's he's not he's not stood out at all. Top scorer. Let's talk about top scorer. Um, I think that the obvious is probably Haaland. Um, I imagine that's where your sentence is going to go. But I, I want you to give, if you can, give a little little. Uh, Shout out to someone that you think could be a challenger. I'm going to start it off by saying I think Nunes. Mm. I really do. I was um, there's a there's a crack. Obviously, you guys should listen to this this podcast first and rate it five stars and share it with your friends and family. Of course, that's the main thing. But brand new podcast from uh, Gary Lineker, Michael Richards, and um, what's his face, Alan Shearer. Alan Shearer. Yeah. Uh, it's on Spotify. It's actually hilarious. Um, and and. Gary was talking about Nunes being a standout player and I had to agree with him. Uh, I completely agree. I think that we'll talk about transfers right at the end of the episode, but with potential of Salah maybe going out the door final minute still, it's still still an option for him there. Nunes has got to step up and I think he will. I think he's finally settled into the Premier League um, and his two finishes at the weekend were sublime. I mean, bottom corner, out of no goalie's fingertips is getting anywhere near that. I think he's just got that creativity and that ability to put it low, hard, and in a very, very difficult position for anyone to get near. Uh, and I think I think he's going to be a high... With Harry Kane gone, I expect him to be the second highest scorer in the Premier League this season, at least. Wow. Yeah, that's a big shout. But I don't, again, I don't hate it because I wrote Nuno's down in my list of players to overachieve. Mm-hmm. So I'm agreeing with that because I just really like... I've always liked him. Uh, first time I watched him was Liverpool Benfica in the mm-hmm. Champions League quarter final. I want to say might not be, might have been a no. I think it was a quarter final. Um, a couple of, was it last year? No, two, so two years ago, 
Um, and he came on, I think, for Benfica and came on and scored two. Um, and he just looked like he could be brilliant in the Premier League. Yeah. Where he runs in behind and he's finishing. If he, if he keeps his finishing up to the level that it was on Sunday, then yes, there's goal, there's definite um, chance that he scores quite a few goals. And if mm-hmm. he outscores Salah, then that is a very impressive. It's a big season. statement. It's a big statement as well if he manages to do that. Uh, but how about you? What who've you, who are you putting at top scorer? I presume Haaland. Yeah, I wrote Haaland obviously because I think it's impossible to look past him. But then, yeah, Salah, Nunes. Um, I've written Salah, Nunes, Rashford, and Alex Izak at Newcastle because I really like the I really like Alex Izak as well, and I think mm-hmm. he could do big things this season because yeah. he, it just depends how well Newcastle do and also how much game time he gets with Wilson there as well. Mm-hmm. But last season, I think he looked like he can definitely deliver the goals. So we'll see. Um, and we'll tie this into standout player, I guess, and then we'll finish off with most assists. Um, standout player, I, I did go for Nunes. Um, if he's not going to be our top goal scorer, uh, I mean, I've pretty much explained it already. I just expect him to to fill in that gap uh, that Liverpool need. Salah had a bit of a stinker season last year. I mean, he still performed brilliantly, but on his terms... And how he's been um, seasons prior, I think he had a bit of a stinker. Um, so for me, Nunes, I think he's going to be the star Liverpool man and the standout player in the Premier League season. Um, yeah, that's who I've gone for. What about you? I've gone with Bakayo Saka because, mm-hmm. well, I was ignoring Haaland because I feel like it's just the boring pick. Yeah. And I love Saka because yeah. he's so good. And I think he could. The, the only question mark I have over Saka is he start he started so many games for Arsenal um, and yeah. he always does tail off a bit near the end of the season whether he's burning out um, so yeah I, I still think he'll have a very good season and the other name I've got written down is uh, Luis Diaz okay at Liverpool as well because I love Luis Diaz I wish someone other than Liverpool had signed him because when he was at Porto I was thinking oh, I love this lad because he's so good to watch um, he's just a flair player but he can scores brilliant goals he can assist he can, he can go either way on the wing so I just feel like he could have a brilliant season if he stays injury free which is what he needs to do because he struggled last season with injuries mm-hmm. but yeah I think he can have a big season yeah I think it was a bit disappointing for him he sort of uh, obviously dropped off the radar last year with injuries um, but when he came in I mean that impact he had in his first uh, few games at Liverpool uh, was phenomenal. Everyone was going, get him in my fantasy team now. I mean, he he helped me uh, climb up the table in our fantasy league. So, uh, yeah, I hope he does the same. It'd be nice. Uh, I feel like Liverpool could have could have like a sneak attack season. I feel like they people aren't really giving them the credit they deserve. Uh, they have a fantastic squad. They made some good signings. Uh, Klopp got through his rather embarrassing. Uh, seventh season at Liverpool. He's got past that curse stage that he always has. Uh, and maybe now this is Liverpool's time. This is where they could potentially go home with a trophy or two. Uh, let's wrap it up here with most assists. Uh, which player do you expect to be uh, the man to create chances? I've gone Bruno Fernandes. Um, Correct. Correct answer. Because... <laughs> Correct answer. No more needed. I've also gone for Bruno Fernandes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, just finish the sentence. Yeah, just because KDB's out for a few months mm-hmm. um i don't think he'll be able to get to the levels he was last season where he was very very good as mm-hmm. as normal um yeah if he struggles with fitness and if united can finally start putting the ball in the back of the net when bruno's yeah. creating the most chances in the league by an absolute country mile 
then he will finally get uh, the amount of assists that he deserves. Um, yeah, yeah, I think. Hopefully. I think I had the exact same reasoning. I thought with KDB out, Bruno is the man to step up. Um, at the weekend, he came back with most expected assists, I think, of 1.82 um, for the weekend just gone. So he's the man, and he always has been. Uh, I expect this season for Bruno will be the same as our first half season we had with him when Oli brought him back in uh, January, and he had that cracker scene, and he skyrocketed um, up the fantasy Premier League tables. Uh, I do do completely agree. Think he will be the man with the most assists and biggest impact from that midfield role that he plays. And and it's great because uh, Ten Hag's now made him captain. I think it's perfect. He's always wanted to be it, and he's always been my captain. Uh, and he gets that free role. He doesn't have a position. Yeah, he wears the number eight shirt now, uh, but he doesn't have a, a stuck position. He can be wherever he wants on the field, and he creates and he creates and he creates. So uh, really, really excited to see how how his role expands this season. Now, uh, do you have any players or any other teams you want to talk about quickly uh, before we move on to um, sort of final discussions around transfers? Uh, the only thing I'd say for the assists and also stand-up player, I really like James Madison and I, I think he will have a great season. I mean, he's obviously started brilliantly at Spurs. Um, mm-hmm. He ran the game against uh, against United. Um and then was brilliant again away at Bournemouth. So I, I think he could have a, a very, very good season. Yeah. I, I love him. Okay, so we are nearing the end of the transfer season. Uh, comes to a close on Sunday. Are there any players that you would like to see come to the Premier League? You know, we'll try not to be too biased about Man United's need um, for for a bit of depth. But uh, players that you expect will come, want to come, and then could sneak out the door in the final few hours of the the, se- the transfer season. Um, I'm re- the one I'm fascinated by. I don't know if you saw it last night. Uh, Fabrizio Romano, here we go, uh, Ansu Fati to Brighton. Mm, um, I saw that season long loan, which could be. I mean, this guy was tipped to be the next Messi. You got a, a kid playing for Barca at the age of seventeen, like. Mm. him in the Premier League could be if he stays injury free I mean it could be massive for Brighton um, because Mm -hmm. he is a a top top talent Um, I'm interested to see if Spurs bring in a striker um, who that will be I'm interested I think we need United need to get Sofian Amrabat um, because I think he's a brilliant footballer uh, showed how good he was at the World Cup with Morocco so I think that would be a big signing I think City will be done with their transfers. I think Arsenal, I think, will be done. Um, mm-hmm. Liverpool, maybe, they're looking at Ryan Gravenberch from mm-hmm. Bayern. But I also think they might look at another more defensive midfielder. I uh, don't okay. know who that would be, but I think they could be looking at that. And then everywhere else, whether they're strengthening squads, especially near the bottom, if Everton mm-hmm. are going to bring in another player, maybe. If Luton and Sheffield United and Burnley are going to bring in a, a couple more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure there'll be someone out of the bag that some big things, so and maybe it is Salah leaving to the yeah. Saudi league for 120 million. Don't so know. this is this this is my this is my like final comment of the episode is I I this part I expect it to happen. I wouldn't be surprised if Saudi come along and go 150 mil for Salah. You're not going to get that for him next season, I don't think. Uh, I don't think that offer is going to be around. Do Liverpool take it? If they come and they go, right, Sunday. Well, remember, the uh, transfer window stays open for another seven days out in Saudi Arabia. 
Uh, they have an extra seven days over um, we what we have. Do, could you see that coming? If they get offered 150 mil, if there's a boost in that bid, do Liverpool take it? Yeah, it's a, it's a tough one because they'd have to have a replacement lined up and quickly, like mm. very quickly. You'd have to bring someone in because you can't just let Salah go and have no one yeah. um, to bring in. So whether they do that, I'm not sure. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like they might wait for another another year and see if the offer returns because I think it could. Okay. Uh, he still still have a year left on his contract next summer, uh-huh. at least. I think it might even be two. So I think they will revisit it next summer if he's if, uh-huh. if they don't do it this summer. So I think Liverpool might keep him. Okay. And um, how do you feel about in general about Saudi Arabia and their impact on sort of the transfers? And there seems to be no financial fair play involved in any of their signings. They've obviously done a big takeover from Europe, uh, taken a lot of players. We've not seen huge names from the Premier League go. Uh, Salah would have been the first big, big, big star to leave. Do you think that they need needs to be some more regulation, or are you happy with the the flood of money that it's bringing to the Premier League and other other leagues? And it's 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 giving those teams an ability to go out and seek new talent as well. Yeah, it's a tough one because I feel like it's it's more the Premier League getting a taste of its own medicine, where mm. a lot of players nowadays are just coming to the Prem. We saw, um, I think it was Bournemouth who outbids AC Milan for Nicola Zaniolo in January, only for the, the deal fell through in the end. Hmm. But a team, a small, like a team that got promoted, Bournemouth for a small side, and then you've got European giants, AC Milan, getting outbid by Bournemouth. And it, that just hmm. showed the strength of the Premier League and how much, how many players come to the Premier League now. It's, I mean, it's the host, it's where all the best players play pretty much, other than La Liga, I'd say. Um, so maybe it's just the Premier League getting a taste of its own medicine. And also, I don't think many many clubs are going to complain about getting 40, 50 million for players with one year left on their contract who mm. maybe fallen out of favour at the club like Mares and Laporte probably weren't happy with their game time. They've gone to Saudi Arabia. City yeah. got 100 billion for it. Saudi Arabia got two big stars. And then yeah. if it's working like that, then fair enough. Can't complain. Can't complain. Uh, well, I think, I think we'll have to wrap it up there. We've done another cracker episode. Any... Any other last bits of uh, wisdom uh, you'd like to add to the episode? No, I think I think that's all. I think we covered quite a lot. Well, thank you very much again for coming on. Uh, third time round. I'm sure we'll see you back later in the season um, as big things develop. And, and, and of course, we'll, we'll chat about other sports at a certain point. I'd like to have you back on to talk about the cricket as well. We've got the uh, T20 World Cup. No, one day. What is it? What World Cup one is day. it? One day, one day, <laughs> one, one day. day. One day World Cup uh, for the cricket coming up soon and the Rugby World Cup. Um, we're going to be having another member of your household uh, coming on, hopefully, uh, to talk about the Rugby World Cup. So that's an episode to look out for. But Matt, thank you very much. Appreciate it as always. And uh, yeah, if you guys enjoyed the episode, let us know. Rate the show five stars. Share it with your friends and family. And uh, I'll be back either Monday or Tuesday with an F1 episode or the following Friday with a full weekly sport roundup. So I'll catch you guys then. See you later.